0: and welcome to the Spliff Podcast. I'm your host, Bo Nellis. All the ruckus you'll be hearing behind me is my turtle, Peak shuffling his rocks. And this is episode 89. We're going to talk about some science. Get all sciency up in this bitch. But first, our opening segment, Stoner Moments. Luckily, I'm in the right headspace. I just took my last dab of some Blue Dream Shatter from this brand called G-Nug's. And it is one of the best blue dreams I have ever had the pleasure of dabbing. That last dab was bittersweet indeed. One of the things that I liked about the blue dream the most was that it was, it did a little bit better as a high temp shatter. And it, it gave a really even balanced blueberry like sweetness with this hazy dryness that was really true to a really well-grown Blue Dream flower. And a lot of the Blue Dreams that I've gotten in Shatters tend to just be sweeter, creamier, like a blueberries and cream type of flavor to them. They tend to miss out on that haze, or they just have the haze, and they don't have any of that blueberry creaminess. This one was so well-balanced of both. And I have to say, everything I've tried from G-Nug's If you are in California and you can get your hands on some G-Nugs, it's a little bit more expensive. It's in the $50 to $60 range if you're talking, you know, patient on a budget style. But they do sell them by the half grams and uh, just everything I've tried. I had some Tangy. That was the best Tangy I have ever had. That's two strains right there where they just nailed the concentrates for me. Usually when I get tangy, it's uh, like a, a strong orange kind of flavor to it. Usually more of a syrupy orange. Theirs was more like orange soda, like a really bright, fresh orange, like even like a fresh orange juice soda. I don't even mean like an orange crush type of soda. I mean like soda water and orange juice and maybe some sort of natural agave sweetener or some shit like that. I don't know. And then usually tangies are kind of heavy lidded for me. They are they always say that they're sativas, but they really kind of like are too mellow for me. They're, they're a little more indica leaning. And my friend Michelle, if you tell her that a dab is tangy, she won't even try it. She, she's like, yeah, they just taste like burnt orange all the time to me. And she's usually right. In fact, I've got this really cheap half gram that I bought that tastes exactly like that. It tastes like burnt orange gross so but not theirs in fact it was a little too terpy to even be in the parchment paper that they put it in but I saved that parchment paper because it's soaked up with those terps and I can just warm it up a little bit and then I use it as aromatherapy oh it's amazing and I'll do that for probably the next week or so until it's gone stoner on a budget uh, let's see. I also tried some 9 pound hammer which is like a Reserva Provada OG Kush strain. Really great tasting. And then I had some uh Where's My Bike which is Amnesia Haze by Bike OG. And that Again, it was like it was a perfect meld of this earthy OG with just a, a dry haziness to kind of uh settle it out and make it a little different. And it was very true to it. It's goddamn, so fucking stone right now. I shouldn't have taken that last stab. It was very true to its genetic heritage. So to to everything that it was supposed to be, it made me uh, forget my troubles and relax into a nice, comfortable position. I really enjoyed it. And I hope that I can pick up some more that Tangie's gone for sure. But I think the the dispensary still has some Blue Dream and some Where's My Bike. And another thing, they had sativas, which are so hard to find in my area. So props up to G Nugs. I am loving your guys' stuff. And I'm high as fuck right now. I'm gonna go smoke some holy headband, so maybe I can get my shit together. The hazy blue dreams—they can really, really derp you out. It's where that blueberry comes in. I'm not—I'm not tired at all, I'm not sleepy, but I can hardly talk. God damn, it is late in the night too. I tried—I've been trying to record this all damn day. And just people have needed my help, or people have just dropped by, or people need my help some more, but I'm getting it recorded right now. I'm really excited. Let's do this. So some stoner moments. Did I just ramble on four minutes about stoner stuff before I got into my opening segment? You're goddamn right I did. Last week, I talked about cannabis hyperemesis, which is when cannabis makes people violently ill. Not a fun topic for anyone. Really only a topic that prohibitionists like to bring up, but we had to talk about it anyway. And I kept talking about terpenes, kept talking about terpenes, but I don't think I ever explicitly said what I really wanted to say, which is that the terpenes are essential oils and sometimes they are not to be fucked with. And then when you go and magnify them by the THC, It could be one of the reasons that people are developing an intolerance. It could just be a THC intolerance, too, 100%. Um, But I think differentiating those two, understanding the volatility that essential oils can have when ingested is, is something that should be prioritized. So let's get on it, science. You, who knows? Maybe the study is actually out there and I just haven't come across it yet. That is 100% a possibility. Like this study that I found a few months ago that I've been meaning to bring up and was just looking for the right time. Oh, and then uh, I go and lose all of my information and it's been a hard time finding the study. But I really wanted to talk about this week So that's another reason why I'm really late is that it took me forever to find this study, but I finally found it. The study took place in 2011 and talks about COX inhibition and cannabinoids and how cannabinoids and a variety of cannabinoids, surprisingly, how they do against traditional non-steroidal COX inhibitors, your traditional NSAIDs. This study looks at THC, THCA, CBD, CBDA, CBG, and CBGA. I know, right? I didn't even have to go smoke that bong load of holy headband to get that out. Maybe I can do this yet. Pulling it together. It Give me cotton mouth like a motherfucker, though. All right, so 2011, these scientists have six different cannabinoids, and they're pairing them against these traditional NSAIDs in order to see how they respond to COX enzymes, which are types of, I hope I say this incorrectly, correctly, I don't know, I'm going to give it a few shots, prostaglandins, 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 one of those should be correct. So the COX enzymes are types of prostaglandins that are responsible for different, different types of inflammation responses. They're probably responsible for other things too, but specifically COX-2 seems to have some sort of detrimental effect when it's overabundant in the body. And all we we really know for sure is that its overabundance comes from an inflammatory response. Now, COX enzymes are to prostaglandins as THC is to cannabinoids. So if that helps you understand it, better any, because it's a really great analogy because the prostaglandins are actually responsible in the same way that our endocannabinoids are for a large variety of physiological responses. Some of the things that are just a very minor thing, a minor list of attributes given to different prostaglandins, uh, platelet accumulation for bruising and strokes, things like that. Um, the bronchodilation of different uh, blood vessels or in response, the bronchoconstriction of blood vessels if a different prostaglandin is produced. Uh, It's responsible for things like modulating eye pressure, which is really important for glaucoma patients. And it's also responsible for allergen responses. Now, one of the things that got me into this study to begin with was I was looking into how NSAIDs. I think uh, I had heard that they can affect bone growth, and and there was like a study that was done. I uh, like twenty years ago. I couldn't really find anything current about it. I didn't look super super hard. Currently, I don't remember how hard it, I got really into it months ago. But then I lost all that information, so I'm not entirely sure what I was looking at. Especially, you know, since Google decided to help me out by only keeping three months of history now. Thanks for that one, Google. Uh, But like 20 years ago, they said that, hey, NSAIDs might not be so great to take if you have a broken bone. Because it it turns out that they might block the swelling But they might also block some of the things that help your bones recover from the damage. And there's a whole lot of science-y stuff that I was reading about that I could go into. But I'm just going to let you read it if you're into that. I'm going to have the link to the study uh, directly. I'm going to have a link to the abstract on PubMed if you just want a quick synopsis. And I'm going to have a couple of other links that I think are really pertinent that I'm going to talk about too one of them uh, being the role of prostaglandins in allergic inflammation. So basically they found that the NSAIDs reduce the COX-1 and COX-2 enzymes, which reduce inflammation, but they also keep these prostaglandins from being in the area and doing the work that they need to do. Well, This study went to find out if different cannabinoids will have the same effect, basically. And this study, the graphs that they show, show a dramatic difference between the amount of COX-1 and COX-2 inhibition and the amount of prostaglandins that are inhibited at the same time. These NSAIDs are like five times as likely on the highest scale. And so all of these different cannabinoids that they looked into allow for the the prostaglandins to continue their work while also reducing the, the inflammation that is taking place. Specifically, the COX-2 is what we want to get rid of. Now, it also seems to inhibit a lot of the COX-1, depending on the cannabinoid that you're using, and that might be really important to you based on your particular health needs because there are, the COX-1 is supposed to be really important in the gut. So if you have specific gut issues, to be honest, I'm really not clear if the, the acidic forms are going to be good for you or if the CBD will be better for you. It really wasn't clear on how to use it, and I would need to talk to a doctor first. But it did help me understand a lot of the reasons why over the past 18 plus months or so, however long I've been doing this, um, THCA, CBDA, and in anecdotal experience for me, CBG, seem to be so influential on inflammation and why some people don't really seem to respond to the acids, but the CBD works really, really great for them. Myself, I've been noticing certain times when CBD is really much more effective than any of the acids or it all of the acids that I'm using are much more effective when I include CBD with them specifically talking about all the physical therapy that I've been doing on my ankle, Uh, all of the muscles and tendons that are really, really stiff. If I use CBD after a really intense physical therapy session, I notice a dramatic improvement the next day as opposed to only using THC or THCA by itself. I mean, just like chest puffing improvements here. And while this study doesn't necessarily tell me why CBD has been so effective for those things, it does tell me things like why CBG is so much more successful than THC at treating glaucoma patients. CBG has been a cannabinoid that has been pointed to for glaucoma relief pretty much since testing became a much more standard practice throughout the state of California. I want to say that at least four years ago, CBG really became a hot cannabinoid for glaucoma patients. And this is the kind of study that points to why that would be specifically. CBG is one of the cannabinoids with the lowest prostaglandin inhibition on the chart, and depending on the dosage, it has one of the highest and most effective inhibitions of the COX-1 and 2 enzymes. An interesting thing on the chart is uh, all of the bars were representative of inhibition, so the higher they were, the more of an inhibitor they were, but CBDA was actually below the chart, which would suggest that it was a prostaglandin producer in some way. And I wasn't really able to find out anything more about that. But if that is an area that you need to dish out with your doctor, this is the study you want to show him or her. One of the notes in uh, this study is that the CBD response to the COX enzymes was inconsistent with other studies that they had referred to. And one of the issues with this study is that four years ago, uh, they didn't necessarily have a lot of the techniques that stoners like us have really pushed for. And they were working with a purity product of 92%. In this day and age, you could get a, a much more pure product than that of most of these cannabinoids, if not all of these cannabinoids. But those different, what would be considered adulterants to the study, are going to affect the process somehow. They also had a lot of different time lapses and uh, and things where they waited for more traditional approaches to, to these reactions. And that could also affect some of the the results that came back, methinks. But going back to my ankle issues and just working on getting all of that out, it's been great success. Uh, I'm really doing a lot to release my arch and build up strength on the outside of my ankle. And it's done a lot of realignment in my knee, up through my hip. And I have been dying with my right shoulder, which has just been super tight and completely out of whack for me for a really, really long time. And finally, I got a session with my girl, Heather. She hooked it up. She helped me find all the right alignment. Um, I need to bring some awareness to my posture right now. All right, there we go. And I am walking and standing like a whole new person. And it feels amazing. But it's also been really, really intense to heal from. And I got to say the Papa and Barkley has been really helpful in the balm that I got on the sample. It's a little has been going a long way for me in that little ankle area. And that three to one ratio seems to really be effective but I needed something that was a little bit more long-term. And this study, with all of its different cannabinoids and all of its vague inconclusiveness, really just led me to believe that I should just throw everything at it. And while I don't get access to very much CBG, one of my favorite strains, golden pineapple, is actually really high in CBG. And Creme de Cana does testing. So I know that the golden pineapple that I have left, and there isn't much, but it's there, has about 6.5% CBG in the gram. So I'm not going to put the whole gram on my ankle or anything, but I do like to use shatters and different concentrates topically as a transdermal patch type of medicine. And this was hard to do, but for science, I used some of my golden pineapple, not as a dab, but as a patch. But I didn't just stop with that. So the golden pineapple gives me THCA and CBGA because it isn't activated. So it's all the raw cannabinoid forms. It's a BHO concentrate shatter, a true shatter, and they tested it too. Now, in discussing the cannabis hyperemesis, I talked about how a lot of times I will try and find a way to salvage the reclaim that I get out of my dab rigs when I can successfully get the reclaim out of my dab rigs. And I've been doing that for a really long time since my friend Chad hooked me up with his dab rig when he moved to Texas. But that doesn't mean that I've always known what to do with it. So the first bit of reclaim that I actually salvaged, I still have. It's well over a year old. It was not very great material that I was dabbing at the time. And it is a big hunk of brown goop. Now over time, that goop dried out into a pretty decent looking shatter as far as dark goopy shatters go. And I do not recommend dabbing it. Yes, I tried it just because it was not a pleasant experience. One, because it was way too heavy. Um, It's filled with a lot of activated THC, but then because of the quality of the stuff that I was dabbing, which probably already had some THC in it, it also has a lot of CBN. CBN isn't something that I enjoy eating or uh, vaping or dabbing, but it is a cannabinoid that I go to for muscle recovery. I made some coconut oil out of some really old cannabis and I decarbed it way too long. If you don't know what decarboxylation means, I've got a podcast on that and, and, and But decarbing old material for too long is going to give me way more CBN than THC, like I wanted. But that is some of the best coconut oil that I have for when I just get these really odd muscle strains from sleeping oddly or, I don't know, sometimes I just pull muscles in my sleep and I don't know what I'm doing. But whenever I get that weird feeling, I go for that coconut oil. And so in order to help my ankle, I was like, I'm going to put some of that CBN stuff on my ankle. And it took me probably three minutes to put the golden pineapple on there. And then I I put the CBN stuff, the reclaim on two different parts of my ankle. And it has been pain-free the entire day. The entire day, and it was pain free almost instantly. Now, I did play around with it to make sure that I applied it to some of the most tender points in the outside of my ankle, but it's mind blowing how instantaneous that relief actually came to me. And topically is just one of those great ways where you can really throw all the cannabinoids at it. A lot of people may not be able to do that with smoking or eating. Um, even myself, if I overdo it, I'm going to get, I'm just going to get sleepy and I'm going to want to go to bed, but topically I can literally throw every cannabinoid I have at it. All right. So if you guys are interested in reading that study, it's going to be up. I'm going to have the link for it under this blog posting episode 89 on my website, the spliffpodcast.com two F's three T's. No D. That sounds like hipster neighbors are home. One of the other things that I've been playing with with my cannabis is that I was listening to Cannabis Health Radio. Um, I think it was last week. And they had a guy who talked about playing with cannabinoids and omega-3s and omega-6s. And how cannabinoids are actually much more bioavailable with omega-3 than they are with omega-6. And he's working on some product that's going to like powder omega-3 and powder cannabinoids and and then they'll mix it together. Um, it, it, It's a fascinating podcast. You should go listen to it. Cannabis Health Radio. I forget what episode it was, but I'll put a link up. Uh, But it really got me thinking about pushing myself back into playing with hemp seed oil, which is one of the best balances of omega-3s and omega-6s that we can have for ourselves based on a lot of things that I read. And then maybe finding other ways of adding omega-3s in for myself. So I got some krill oil and I'm going to play with that and see if I can make my CBD isolate go a little bit further see if uh, I can take a little bit less of my indica in, in order to help me sleep through the night. And I look forward to reporting back. Also, let's safety, because i got some fun news. Speaking of CHR. All right, you got your bong load ready. You got your pipe, your dab rig, your joint, your vaporizer, your lotion, your bath bomb. Your medicated salad, your cookie, your inhaler. I don't know, whatever you got. I hope that you got something right now. Oh, your vape pen, probably right. Your cartridge pen. Me, I've got a bong load of some Sunset Sherbet or Sunset Sherbert, depending on how un or pretentious you want to be. It's a fantastic stoner treat style strain from the cookie line. Uh... A lot of physical relaxation with some cerebral stimulation because i really want to play some mario kart before i have to go to bed which means that this probably isn't going to get done until tomorrow but don't despair i come prepared but first let's hit this shit <sighs> Nice. So if you are a listener of Cannabis Health Radio, or if you just want to get a little bit more bow in your life, I am going to be a guest on Cannabis Health Radio on Tuesday. I'm going to be talking about my depression and the origins of it, how it's affected my life, how I deal with it, and some of the ways that cannabis has helped me overcome it. And then later that week, I am going to be releasing an episode where I interview Corey and Ian. They were super wonderful and I can't wait to talk to them about their stories. Uh, Corey is always kind of talking a little bit about her story. And I know that Ian is a convert thanks to Corey. And I just can't wait to kind of dig in and get to, uh, to share a little bit more of, of them because they were wonderful. One more thing. Um, I want to give a shout out to MJ today. Mad props on the pro tips for dispersing permits and kind of trying to troubleshoot the the litigation that uh, could be potentially there from having practices that, that won't necessarily be covered by the courts. I was able to write an email to the guy who is drawing up the plans in my local area, and he was really grateful for the information. It was perfect timing. So thank you, MJ Today. Another podcast you should be listening to, as well as MJ Today Daily. All right, my voice is going clearly. I need to take another bong load and shut the fuck up. Before I go, happy Independence Day first to Canada and then to the USA. I hope you guys have a great and safe long holiday weekend. Go out and get crazy on cannabis and science, you hooligans, you. Thanks for spliffing it. Ciao for now.